Hello, 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 everybody. I am Rome E. Creek, and welcome back to Day No Between Paddles. Uh, I'm so glad to be back with you guys. I'm so glad you guys tuned in, uh, all five of you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, in fact, um, I was looking at the analytics, and uh, apparently, 15, I think 40, 54% of our listeners are in the United States, okay? And uh, 15% are from the UK, the United Kingdom. That's my uh, that's my British impersonation. <laughs> the United Kingdom. Uh, everything they say sounds like a question. So I just try to, like, I just cut out some letters of my words. And then I just phrase everything like a question. And I assume that gives me a British accent. Um, I actually auditioned for a movie. And I was supposed to be a British character. And now that I'm talking, I realize why I didn't get it. Like, I was upset for, like, three months straight. Like, why didn't I get a call? Um, I was calling the casting director, like, directly. You're not even supposed to call the casting director. Like, they were doing everything um, through emails and through a website. And I was calling him directly. Like, he, his phone number shouldn't even be in my phone. But I had it on speed dial. Like, okay, it wasn't on speed dial. That's a lie. We don't have speed dial. I probably just showed my age, but like I was hitting them up like, yo, yeah, yo, <laughs> did I get the role or not? See, <laughs> like <laughs> I'm laughing because Nisha always makes fun of my, uh, my impressions. Talk about, I don't do good impressions, but I think I do a lot of good impressions. Like who I got, who I got, I got, uh, I got Fantasia. All right, look. Part of me is missing you. <laughs> I've done the fan. Look, my throat is sore. That's why I can't do Fantasia today. I've done Fantasia before. I've done Fantasia while I was on stage, supposed to be doing my own voice. And I've just broke out into Fantasia. Um, don't sound anything like her. But I have better ones. Um, okay, see if y'all can see if y'all can uh, tell me who this is. I know I'm not gonna hear you speak, but uh, this is a little guessing game. All right, I'm gonna do my impressions. Y'all tell me who it is. Yo, it's your boy. Yo, Young Hove in a. I know I just said it, but I'm pretty sure y'all got it. Young, did did that was that good? Was that good? Was that a good impersonation? All right, who else I got? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna get rich if I try. If you don't point, you don't point. You know what I mean? Who am I? I don't like black girls. You know what I mean? Who am I? Did y'all? I'm 56. See, I had to tell y'all. All right, so who else I got? Here you go, here you go, here you go. Uncle Phil! Uncle Phil. <laughs> All right, but anyway, right, I'm going to have new impressions for you guys next week. I'm working on them. I'm working on them. Uh, so Indonesia was actually my uh, the second listener. To, or You know what I'm trying to say. They were in third place. So it was U.S., the U.K., and Indonesia. And it's funny that Indonesia uh, is high up on the list because I don't think they were that high before I became a Muslim. Um, I don't even think they were that high a couple weeks ago. I think that my content about 
Islam and me talking about Islam may have somehow caused my content to get into Indonesia. I don't know how that works. And you could tell that I don't. And then next down, <laughs> next down on the list with 5% of my listeners are in India. Now, oh, the reason why I said that about Indonesia is because Indonesia is uh, mostly Muslim. I think technically they're hundred percent Muslim. Um, no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm lying. I'm lying. Um, they're not 100% Muslim, but um, they do have the largest Muslim population. And I got to look it up because I may be uh, saying that incorrectly, but uh, Indonesia has a very uh, large uh, Muslim population. And that's a place that I want to visit. I actually met a kid from Indonesia and all he talked about was mangoes. Like there was a kid in our mosque and uh <laughs> I only know he's from Indonesia because they were talking about mangoes so much. And he was like, yeah, in Indonesia, they grow on the, on the trees and we just get them and blah, 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 blah. So he was so excited. But um, yeah, India is next down. So India is fourth. And the reason that's funny to me, well, it may, it may be for the same reason that Indonesia is high. Because uh, uh, India does have a lot of Muslims. It's just funny to me because I've been talking about my problems with the Indian government and how things are done and how they treat Muslims in India. And before I keep going, before I keep going, I do want to say shout out, you know what I'm saying, to Niche, shout out to Bug, shout out to Corn, shout out to Biscuits, shout out to Jotty, and shout out to Baba. Okay, <laughs> I wanted to say all that. And you know I'm sleepy and old because I had to do that very slowly. I lose track of all these children. But yeah, um, and then I also want to say that if I do well and you hear me saying stuff that's smart or funny or good or righteous or whatever, that's Allah. All praise is for Allah. All credit is for Allah. But if you see, if you hear me and I sound stupid and I sound like I don't know what I'm talking about or I say the wrong thing or whatever, that's me. Okay. I want to make that clear. That's me. And it makes sense too, because if I'm speaking about say something Muslim or I'm talking about the Quran, um, and I'm saying something that makes sense to you, then most likely I have read and I'm telling you what's in the book. So that's a lot. But if I'm saying something and it doesn't make sense or it's incorrect, then that's my own brain getting in the way of my learning and me translating it to you. So, you know, when we're talking about Islam, then that term really makes sense. When I say if it's good, it's from Allah. If it's flawed or bad, that's on me. You know what I'm saying? And that's how you should take responsibility for everything you say anyway. And when you're dealing with other people, like if you're in a partnership or uh, if you're a part of an organization, or even when you're talking to someone about your subordinates, if you have subordinates, if you have employees or whatever, then you should be giving other people the credit and you should be taking the blame. That's how I feel. That's how I am with my household too. Like, you know, I'm gonna give Nisha the credit. I'm gonna give the kids the credit, you know, where it's due, but I take the blame for everything, you know? And (laughs) it's kind of weird too, because you always, you always hear people like try to shrug off things. It's like chauvinism and stuff. Like they even, they've even made uh, chivalry chauvinistic, which is really weird to me because also people want to be treated well. You know, people want to be catered to. People want to be protected. But you can't say you want to be protected 
without admitting that you need protection, <laughs> which is chivalry. But anyway, so India, okay? I'm never going to bash the people of India like in a whole. I'm never going to bash the people. I live in America. I live in America. Okay, and I'm going to talk about the things that Americans do, things I don't agree with with the government, which I, I'm not going to talk too much <laughs> or in a public platform about our government. But I don't agree with certain things about our government. I don't agree with certain things about our laws, different people. But I'm never going to be like, to hell, the United States, all of it's trash. You know, I can't do that. That doesn't make any sense. Not only because I live there and I'm from I was born there. I am of there, you know, in in a very. uh recent <laughs> in a recent way because I'm of another land um ultimately but well I'm actually of no land in this dunya but I'm going back 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 but as you know me <laughs> as you know me I am an American right yes I'm an American I was born in America but but it's because I'm not going to bash an entire race or population of people for the actions of some or uh, the, the actions of their government or what's allowed. So in India, my problem with India, and it could be with the, the majority populace, but I don't think it is, is the way their government uh, treats Muslims, the way some people there think of Muslims and treat Muslims. And it's a very weird thing because I didn't learn until until a few years ago that one of the biggest, I didn't learn until right around the time I started looking into Islam and pursuing Islam. One of the biggest disputes, I won't say biggest, one of the more popularly known disputes between um, Hindus and Muslims is the cow. From, from what I know. Um, I know that there were issues of land. There were issues of um, uh, practicing religions, whether or not, you know, the, the Arabs, quote unquote, and the Muslims were uh, pushing against the Hindus and vice versa and keeping them from uh, practicing their religions. Uh, I know that that was an issue for a long time. And I'm not even going to talk about Kashmir because I'm not going to talk about Kashmir. I'm just going to talk about <laughs> I'm just going to talk about the India as we know it. OK, um, but one of the things that I've learned about was the issue with the cow. And it makes sense. I'm not saying that I agree with it. I won't say that I agree on either side, which, but you know I'm a Muslim, so you know where my brain is. is. What I'm saying is the dispute makes sense. If someone is saying that this creature is, you know, holy or God or uh, uh, protected in any way, and another culture is saying, nah, we're supposed to cut this up and feed it to, to people. We're supposed to feed this to the poor. Then there's going to be a dispute. And I get it. But I saw this picture where this dude, uh, there was an article. And, you know, they showed the picture of the dude beat up. And it's like, he was beat up because people thought he was eating beef. And they beat him up. And I get it. Like, I understand it. I understand it. And it's not as easy as saying, yo, they don't bang with you, Muslims, and you're going to have to leave. It's not as easy as saying that. And I'm not there. So just like I said, if you're not in the military, don't talk about the military. If you're not uh, 
I can't remember what else I was talking about last week, but just oh Chicago. If you're not of somewhere and you're you don't have a personal tie to it, like a real tie to it, then you can't speak to it that well. And you should probably concede in a lot of conversations. So all I know is it's not as easy when we say, oh, just leave. It's not that simple. You know what I'm saying? A lot of these people, these Muslims have been living there their entire lives and for generations uh, before them. So you can't just say just leave because they don't bang with you. So flipping that to the United States, sometimes I talk to people about and and I may go more into that India thing. uh, And you guys can hit me up if I'm saying something incorrect. But I'm flipping that to the United States and how sometimes people will say, well, if you don't like it, if you're worried about the police brutality, if you don't like the oppression, if you don't like the oppression within housing, within uh, finances, within the schools, uh, and then the actual physical oppression, uh, police brutality, or even the allowance of people to assault us just because of the race of our skin, people will say, if you don't like it, then leave. It's not as easy as just leaving. Where will we go? How will we go? You know what I'm saying? So when will we go? But we have also built a culture here. Like we, we've been in the United States for a long time. In fact, some of the people that's telling us you might as well leave, they haven't, their, their lineage doesn't trace in the United States longer than black people have been in the United States. So you can't tell us to leave. If you're, if, if you've only been in the United States, if your parents have only been in the United States, if you have a name where you can tell that it's been adjusted at Ellis Island, you cannot tell us to go. You cannot tell us to go home because you, we're more home than you. So you can't say that. And matter of fact, none of us, none of us were here before Native Americans, except for if you, if you really, really read, then there were people who came over here on boats, who came over here on boats, check things out, left some stuff, took some stuff, talked, left. They didn't conquer. They didn't stay. They went back home. They're like, okay, this is dope. They went back home. Other people stayed. And that's cool. I'm not saying that the genocides (laughs) that were perpetrated against the people that are already there. I'm not saying that that's cool. What I'm saying is we can't do nothing about that past. We can only do something about the present and the future. And the present changes into the future. So we can't do anything about it. All we can do is shut up. Okay. You can shut up. You can't tell nobody to go home. And in the same sense, when when I'm telling people. When I'm asking people, are you prepared to leave? If it gets too bad to the point where you feel like it's unbearable, are you prepared to leave? And a lot of people tell me that they can't. One of my men is a very intelligent dude. Like he's a lot younger than me and he's extremely intelligent, extremely bright. And I was talking about, you know, what if, like if if it got so bad, then not even just if it got so bad, because I was talking about a lot of things, even if, even for the, because I am a Muslim, I thought about experiencing uh, Muslim countries and possibly moving to other countries because sometimes it, I think it will be easier for me and my family to live in a Muslim way in other countries. Not saying I don't love my country. You know what I'm saying? The United States, like y'all know me, like I'm from Philly and I talk about being from Philly all the time. When it comes to like allegiance to land, 
<laughs> because I don't have like my allegiance to land comes very low. My allegiance is to Allah. And then I love the prophet Muhammad because peace be upon him for what he's done for us and what he went through for us and what he uh, taught us, you know, through Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then to myself, I have to take care of myself and then my wife and then my kids and then everybody else. Okay. And in different stages, of course, you know, my, my nuclear family, my, my, uh, my mother, my brothers, you know what I'm saying? My aunts, my uncle, all that stuff. You, you step out and then you start talking about my race and then the military and then, but when it comes to allegiance to a land, Philly is first. I don't even, not even Pennsylvania. Philly is first and then the United States. So that's my place. But as a Muslim, sometimes my wife feels uncomfortable covering her head, walking around in the South. And my wife is from the South. Like, listen to what I'm saying. My wife is from the South and has served the military as a member of the United States military. So she served the country as a military, the United States military. And she doesn't feel safe in her brown skin and in her hijab covering her head, which hurts nobody. She felt more comfortable walking around the streets in the state that she was born in. She feel more comfortable wearing camouflage, which is a combat uniform, as opposed to wearing garb that is from a religion that preaches peace. Don't tell me what Fox News told you that, that Muslims have been telling you. Don't tell me what the quote-unquote extremists have been doing. I'm telling you, and if you were to look and pay attention for yourself, that the religion of Islam is a religion of peace, is a doctrine of peace, is a way of peace, is a path of peace. It's all peace, 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 peace. Okay? And that's important to me because I won't say, I won't go into that. But it's about peace. And she, she still wears it because my wife ain't no punk. But at the same time, she's still like, all right, will I have to deal with this? She still had to have that in the back of her head. You don't have to, you don't, you don't know what that feels like. So don't talk about it. You know what I mean? So, and I don't know what it feels like from her perspective, being a female, you know what I'm saying? And it's a total different dynamic. All I know is from what she tells me. So I would never try to deny it. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't be like, go ahead and wear it, girl. You ain't supposed to be afraid of these people. Nah. Like I said, she ain't no punk. She going to cover her head in reverence to her God. You know what I'm saying? To all of our God, but whatever. I'm going to use y'all rhetoric. She's going to cover her head in reverence to her God. She's also going to cover her head in the interest of modesty. Because my wife don't like flaunting or whatever. She like to protect her modesty. Her hair be popping, but she cover it. I ain't going to say nothing about her body because that's haram. But that's for me, okay? I'm her husband. And she makes sure her husband looks at it and sees it, but it ain't for y'all. So she protects it in modesty. Can't wait to see my wife, but she protects her, but she protects everything in, in the interest of modesty. So it really has not. That's why when people are like, Oh, y'all men, y'all Muslim men cover up your wives. You can't tell no woman what to do. Like, why do I don't understand why people think that you could tell any woman what to do? Like whatever, whatever life y'all living, we all up here telling women how to dress and, and telling people what to say and telling, nah, that don't exist where I'm from. Like I'm from, like I grew up, my mother was the only parent in my house for a long time. I didn't move into my father's house till I was much older. You know what I'm saying? I was the age that people were where they stopped going to school. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> as soon as puberty hit, you're like, yo, I don't need no pop. That's how I grew up. Like I had a mother and then a lot of black women around me were uh, uh, the leaders of their household. So I don't 
I don't even, it's hard for me to even comprehend sometimes. I won't say comprehend because I can comprehend it, but I can't relate to the idea of telling your wife, yo, you're going to wear this. Now, in some countries, including some of the countries that may be listening to me right now, what's up, y'all? In some countries, it is the law for women to cover up. In some countries, it's just a custom. So you you might be shamed for not covering up being a male or, fe- or uh, from males or females. You might be uh, shamed. And being a male, as a male, hijab is within the religion for males too. We're supposed to cover up. So dudes out here with no shirt on in front of all these people that's not your wife, you out of line. Dudes out here with the tight pants, you know what I'm saying, with the with with the print on the front, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to wear gray sweatpants so women know. Nah, shut up. You out of line. That's wrong. Put on some real clothes. Put on some real pants. You know what I mean? And I love some sweatpants. I love some sweatpants. But I did, like, I was more careful when people were talking about, oh, gray sweatpants mean this. Like, man, come on now. Like, you can't just take an article of clothing and make it mean something totally different than what I'm used to my entire life. You know what I mean? It's just clothes. But at the same time, I understand. So, okay, I'm not going to go around these people wearing this because I don't want that rhetoric. I don't want that attention. I don't want this. I don't want that. That's what it's about. You know what I mean? So put on some clothes, dudes. Cover up, dudes. You out of line too. <laughs> See, I can talk I can talk to dudes like that because I'm a male. If I were to say that to women, cover up, women, then y'all would have a fit. Y'all would have a fit. That's how y'all talk to me. Don't you tell me. And y'all can't even see, but I'm doing the finger. You point up and then bring it down to a fist. You point up, bring it down to a fist. Sometimes you point forward, bring it down to a fist. And she really got to add to She's going to point to the side and then bring it back. And point to the side and bring it back. And as she moves her hand, the neck moves. It's like one, two, three. Like the finger is one and then the neck to the right, neck to the left. That's two, three. One, two, three. You ain't going to tell me what to say and where when I want to wear what I it's like a rhythm you know what I'm saying and I'm so stupid that like once you start doing any type of rhythm like the music in me is just gonna take over so I might like groove to you you know what I'm saying like as you yell it at me doing the hand and the neck bah, 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 mm, bah, 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 mm. like as is a rest that's what the mm is that's a rest for all you non musically inclined people that's a rest so it's, it's point neck neck rest point neck neck rest as you're doing that I'm grooving you know what I'm saying? you like, yo, why is you dancing? I'm sorry. I'm listening to everything you're saying. In fact, your, your rhythm is like a mnemonic device. So I'm going to remember everything that you said for the rest of my life because I'm associated with the moves. So I appreciate you, ma'am. I think it's dope that you, you care so much about what you're saying that you put it in rhythm form for my rhythm brain so that I'll understand and I will respect you the way you want me to. Give and take. I'm saying all that to say. <laughs> all right, I'm back. I'm saying all that to say. Nobody should feel uncomfortable wearing, you know what I'm saying, wearing religious garb in the United States. But sometimes we do. So, but in a Muslim country, we don't have to worry about Asking someone if there's pork in our food or before when somebody uh, invites you to go somewhere, we don't have to worry about, oh, are people going to be getting drunk? Because I don't really want to be around drunk people because blah, 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 blah. You know what I'm saying? Or you know, like it's certain things we have to worry about, like are people going to be twerking because 
I'm with my wife and somebody twerk, I'm still a man. Like if, if a booty cheek rhythm in the in, on the side of me catch my eye, my eye going dance. I told you I'm going to, you know what I'm saying? Dance. So if you over here twerking, you know what I'm saying? That's going to mess up my mind. I can't be, I can't be nowhere where people going to be twerking half naked. Not only am I with my wife and my wife wasn't around, I still have to worry about me looking at somebody twerking because I just told you the rhythm is like a mnemonic device. It's going to get stuck in my psyche. So when you say, when every time I hear, I'm going to think about your wife twerking and I don't want to think about your wife twerking because let me tell you, I love you. But your wife, not the best look. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> people, people probably like, man, I can't believe he's talking about that fictional dude's wife. <laughs> it's dudes listening. It's dudes listening like, man, don't be talking about my wife like that. I don't know you or your wife, but keep her from twerking. If she want to twerk, that's her business. But what I'm saying is I don't want to go. Where it's going to be people twerking because I don't want y'all to affect my mind. And then if my wife, my wife know how my brain works, she know I'm going to be bobbing. You know what I'm saying? If I see a booty go up, down, my head is going to go up and then come down just because you, your booty did it. My brain thinks rhythm first and then the song told me to do it. So I am not, I am not in control of my neck motion at that point. Your booty, your wife booty took over with the with T-Pain's voice and my natural rhythmic nature natural nature whatever my natural rhythmic uh, uh 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 propensity to dance that took over my neck motion and now my wife is like oh you looking at her booty and I'm like yo we shouldn't even come any we shouldn't even come to this I'm mad at Raheem and them for not telling me it was going to be people twerking in here okay so I say that to say I'm telling my man, like, <laughs> I'm telling my man, I, I might want to settle down in a Muslim country, possibly, or at least, you know what I'm saying, if if all of these plans work out, then we'll be able to vacation. You, we can live uh, the summers in the United States and live the rest of the year overseas or vice versa. You know, I just want to be around more Muslims. It's always good to be around people who are like-minded um, because it's just better not 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 people that think and act exactly like you because then you don't grow i mean in terms of salvation like if you're a christian then you should be around more christians it's going to help well technically muslims are christians too so if you're a christian come hang out with me let's move to saudi let's let's move to united arab emirates let's move to indonesia what's up indonesia we love y'all man i hope to get these numbers up from 13 percent to 30 percent but yeah like <laughs> come with us christian we all christians mormons they christian too jehovah's witness they christian too let's go baby let's go let's hang out so i'm telling my man that it might be better to go to another country at least for a little while and he was like, and I'm not telling this business because you don't know who this is. Uh, but he knows who this is. Who, he knows who I'm talking about. And he knows I have the utmost respect for him. I would never disrespect him in person or not in person. So if you take this as uh, disrespect, my man, I apologize. Hit me up. Hit me up and tell me. If you say never talk about me on the podcast again, I'll never talk about you on the podcast again because I respect you. But now, like, so he was like, yo, I can't or I don't know 
if I could give up the liquor and go to a country like that. And I think part of it was joking and part of it was in seriousness. But I'm not going to blame him for that. I don't drink liquor. And as a and I stopped drinking before I became a Muslim. But that's because it wasn't good for my health. It wasn't good for my midsection. And I also have an attitude problem. Okay? And I like to say things. Okay, I can be a... If, you, if you've listened to this podcast enough, you know I could be a little bit inappropriate. And I've... I've been been working on how I talk to people, what I say to people, not just like don't say mean things, but don't say cuss words. And then in certain circumstances, it's not the cuss words. It's how I'm saying things and what I'm saying. I know how to cut deep. I, I, I could go into why, but I'm not going to. So when I'm on that liquor, though, I have even less inhibitions and I'm going to say what I want to say. And I don't apologize for what I say. That's a big problem too, because people want you to apologize for what you said. When you're coming to them, apologizing for how you hurt them, they want you to apologize for the... It's okay to apologize for the particular words you use. But if if you come to me, like if you drunk and you cuss me out, and you come and apologize, I, and you say, I didn't mean any of that, you're lying. I'm not going to believe you. Because most of the things that you say, you mean it, even when you're not drunk. But when you're drunk or mad, you mean it, okay? At least you meant it at the time. Now, if you say, man, I was tripping at the time. This is what I thought. This is what I believed. I don't think like that now. I wish I hadn't said what I said. That's different. As opposed to people just saying, I ain't mean none of that. Because that's what people want you to say. People want you to say, I didn't mean that because the essence of what you said hurt them. I can only say for sure, and trust me, my wife hates this, but I'm being as honest as possible because if I start lying, I'm not going to stop lying. As you can see in this podcast, I think lies are funny sometimes. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But no, (laughs) no, like I'm trying to be truthful because I don't want anybody to ever tell you that I said something and you have to figure out if that's the truth or not. Most of the time, if you go to my wife and say that I said something, she can tell based on the verbiage that that you use and the essence of it, whether or not I said it, because I try to be honest when I'm talking to her. So if I come and and for most people too, like I, I try to be as honest as possible. And if I can't be honest with you, I don't like talking to you at all, which is why I don't like having a boss. But we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. But what I'm saying is <laughs> I'm not going to... I'm not going to tell you I I'm, I didn't mean what I said. I'll say I shouldn't have said that to you. Um, or uh, I was tripping like this is why I thought that and I shouldn't have. Or I shouldn't have used those particular words. Or this is a, a common one. I'm sorry for yelling because I'm from a place where everybody yells. Like Philly, we talk loud. I, don't, I won't say everybody, but I'm from like most of the people that I... I be, were around and 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 talked to like everybody's loud okay I remember the first time I took my oldest daughter to Philly like she was like oh my god like everybody was loud because she had been in the south like not even the first time like even after that she had been in the south for a long time and it's it's just a little bit different especially the people we were around it's just a little bit different um people just don't aren't as loud as like me so when I'm yelling at, and then I talk very aggressive sometimes. Philadelphians tend to talk very aggressive. Well, the black ones, the Puerto Rican ones, which they black too in Philly, like in, in New York. 
in New York. I can't even talk. They black too. Like, <laughs> if, if you from up there, you know what I'm talking about. Like, uh, uh, with Boricua Morena, like they they are us. Like they the same. Like that's why Fat Joe say the N word so much. But anyway, Puerto Ricans, Black people. Um, Jamaicans, uh, a lot of, d- depending on what part of the continent you're from, some of the Africans, um, some of the Haitians, especially the women, uh, the, the female Trinidadians and the Italians, we all talk loud and a lot of us talk with our hands. But once we get out of that environment, people are uncomfortable with that. And so they're not listening to the words I'm saying. They're listening to how I'm saying it, how loud I am, my hand motions, and it comes off as aggressive. So but for me, it's a problem because when I'm talking to people and I'm trying to suppress my body language and so trying to suppress my voice, I come off, I talk like this. And when I'm normally talking the way I do on the podcast, but I'm angry and I'm talking like this, it sounds worse and people don't like it. And it's even worse because me suppressing myself makes me more angry angry. So I'm not even as angry about what we're talking about or what somebody did to me. I'm boiling because I'm suppressing myself. Like you're just pressing down. Like it's like pressure. You're just pressing down and eventually it's going to bubble up. So in order to alleviate that pressure, you need a valve, right? And my valve is very stingy language. I can be very stingy with my language. So I try not to get that way. So, <laughs> so my point is when I'm on liquor, usually I'm very lovey-dovey, which of course my wife wouldn't like that either because <laughs> I'm hugging on everybody, not even thinking about female or male. I'm not thinking about like who might be liking me or who even hates me. I, yo, I, I'm telling you, I've, especially when I was in Virginia, when I would drink a little bit, I would only, I'm telling you, like, it's crazy because I would only need one drink. Even though my tolerance wasn't that low, I would need one drink and I was loving everybody. And I was hugging on, like, I was dapping up dudes that when I wasn't drunk, I knew hated me. I knew, I like, I knew they hated me. I knew they hated me. In fact, there was one dude that, uh, one sister told me that dude was talking about hurting me for real. And I didn't even do anything. <laughs> I'll tell that story a little later. I don't even know if Nisha knows this whole story. But like people were talking about hurting me sometimes. And I was like, yo, what up, man? Drunk as hell off of one, two drinks. Okay. But it's because my inhibitions were gone. And and okay, that's a lie. I have a problem. If I know you hate me, if I know you hate me, I may be extra nice to you. Because I know it makes you upset. <laughs> I shouldn't be saying this on the podcast. But I'm trying to do better because I shouldn't be trying to impact people negatively, even if it's through positivity. I know that sounds crazy, but I shouldn't be doing it. But I'm saying all that to say I stopped drinking a long time ago, but that's still part of the culture of the United States, drinking or whatever. And then some people drink more than others, whatever. But and some of that is deep-rooted in there, like... Everybody, like when I came up, everybody drank. Like drinking is part of, I don't want to talk about it too much. But like, but also it's not just that. People are tied to the United States. So it's not like treat me right or I'll leave. It's just like, yo, treat me right. And people would rather fight, kill, yell, protest than to leave. 
because you have a home, it's hard to just uproot and leave home. You know, uh, Musa, peace be upon him, like not me, uh, Musa ibn uh, Imran, like the one from the Bible, Moses, Moses from the Bible, sorry, and from the Quran. Uh, Moses, it was hard for him to tell, to convince people to leave, even though they, they were oppressed. It wasn't easy for people to be like, okay, let's go. Like, it was hard. Like, he had to show them some stuff. They would ask him countless questions. Even after he led them out of Egypt, they were still questioning everything he said. My man went up to the mountains, came back with tablets written perfectly. You know what I mean? And they were like, yo, nah, we still, we're going to worship this, uh, this, uh, uh, cow, this little baby cow. Okay, we're going to worship this little baby cow. Y'all need to worship this baby cow too, or we're going to kick you out of India. See what I'm saying? So I get it. I get it. I get it that you don't want to leave. And it's not it's not easy. It's not just easy to say we're going to leave India because they're treating us poorly. It's not easy to say we're going to leave the United States because they're treating us poorly. Because even though we're oppressed and we feel like and sometimes we are uh, not not real citizens, we don't feel like real citizens. And if you look at uh, that goofy law that they passed in India where uh, they were kicking everybody out and then you could stay if 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 you uh like they, they made provisions for everybody to stay except for Muslims I get it that even though you're being treated that way it's not easy it's not that easy to say let's leave so I get it but if that's not on the table and it's different than in India in the United States some of the people telling you to leave, they don't want you to leave. And they don't even realize they don't want you to leave. Because if you leave, who are they going to imprison? We have, United States has the highest prison population any country in the United States, or in the United States. See, I'm American. Any country in the world, like, we're multiplying their numbers, like, drastically. Matter of fact, we have an, an exponential, exponentially larger amount of people in prison. Compared to the rest of the world. And it's a damn industrial. Like it's. People are profiting off of our prisons. Which means they're profiting off of you. They don't want you to leave. People will always say they don't want you to. That, that they want you to leave. That's just people. You Think about it. You never hear no rich people telling you go back to Africa. It's always poor white people telling you to go back to Africa. Telling you to go back to Mexico. Telling you to go back to India. Telling you to go back to blah, 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 blah. It's always Poor or mid, and and if you're if you're a middle class, to the people who actually matter in these decisions when it comes to the prison industrial complex, when it comes to paying off their favorite politicians, politicians that will put mo- more money in their pockets and give them more rights above ours, they consider even the richest person you know is poor. You, we talk about. We, we Jay-Z, Beyonce, all of these athletes making too much money. Not even talking about the owners that are paying them. Not talking about the people who own these record companies. Not talking about Viacom. Not talking about uh, 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 Sony or, or uh, uh, Universal Music Group. We're not talking about none of them. But we're talking about these athletes and these celebrities. You've been tricked. Bamboozled. That is straight. They tricked you with the... With they, they slicked you with the trickery and tricked you with the slickery. That's what I'm saying. Like, But... They're, the people that you know are not rich compared to these people. And they're making money off your very existence. There's money to be made when they put your kids in special ed. There's money to be made when you go 
to prison. There's money to be made every time someone dies that looks like you. There's money to be made. How much it costs for a funeral? I'm not just, I'm talking about the entire country is making money off of your death and your suffering. Even you. (laughs) Even you. The dynamics don't work the same outside of the United States. Trust me. I've been outside of the United States. And many people that I've talked to, especially in the military, choose to stay outside of the United States. Some of them is because they're racist and they they don't like being around black people. But (laughs) some of them because they don't like the government. Some of them because of this, because of that. But many black people that I've known have told me that they felt better outside the United States than in the United States. And that's horrible. You shouldn't feel like if you met someone, say you met a child, right? Let's say he's nine years old, right? You met a child that's nine years old. Matter of fact, two children, a sister and a brother, both nine years old. And both of them tell you that they feel safer in every other house they've gone to than their own house. Wouldn't you raise a flag? Wouldn't you say, why don't you feel safe in your own home? Y'all cared more when Beyonce said, I'm not at home in my own home. And you listen. (laughs) No, I'm not joking. This is serious. I'm sorry. See, that's how my brain works. I'm sorry. But it's not easy for them kids to say, I'm going to leave. Those kids are tied to that home. It's not that easy for them to say, I will leave. Especially because those other homes that they're going to like for them to visit, but they're not wanting them to come and stay. And that's how it is for us. And also, sometimes when I talk to people about possible exodus and, you know, they think of mass exodus, where are we all going to go? Well, we all don't want to go. Not everybody left Egypt and not every well, not everybody wanted to leave Egypt. And some of the people who left Egypt were Egyptians. They like, yo, this trash for me too. I'm out. Not everybody will want to leave. But if you don't feel safe where you are to the point where you have extreme anxiety or or where like you're having a hard time functioning, then maybe you should consider possibly going to another place. You can still love the United States and you can still maintain your citizenship. In fact, some of the places that I thought about going, you can't get citizenship. Okay. And I understand why, but it's okay to consider going somewhere else, at least to die down, you know, or subside as, as uh, uh, more sophisticated people say, but as I say, die down. No, that's <laughs> I forgot. Oh, what comedian was that? Nisha got to tell me because Oh, that's why I need to do these on live so somebody could tell me. Because I can't remember who said that. Ah, oh, man, I'm being disrespectful. But anyway, I'm saying most of that to say. <laughs> I already tied it back like four times, so it's okay. Um, but yeah, shouts out to uh, United States. That's my home. I love y'all, everybody in it. But sometimes when people say, Oh, defend the country. Yo, you're not defending the country. That's stupid. You're not defending a piece of land. That's stupid. You're not defending air. That's stupid. You're defending your right to live in the way that you like to live. You're defending the people around you. Like when people say, will you die for your country? Nah, I'll kill for it though. And when I'm talking about killing for a country, I'm killing for my family, my people, my my right to practice my religion. That's, That's what I'll kill for. I'm not dying for anything. I know what they mean, though. Will you sacrifice your life? Like, will you be willing to go into a situation where you could die? 
Yes. But I'm not going by myself. Like, <laughs> like people, will you die for your wife? No. Like, if somebody, if somebody point a gun at my wife and all I do is jump in front of the gun, I'm getting shot. And you know what? Nobody is robbing me and my wife with one bullet. So, what I should probably be doing, I could push her out the way or try to fight the dude with the gun or something or maybe negotiate it. But as you can tell, I don't speak all that well to be able to negotiate. Y'all want to fight me and y'all don't even know me. Just from me talking about your head to neck ratio moves. Like, y'all want to fight me. So, if I see my wife about to get hit by a bus... You pull her out the way or you push her out the way. You jumping in front of the bus is stupid. I hate those. Okay, I watch a lot of movies and I get really upset with uh, cliches. In fact, I'm going to give y'all a review for a movie right after this commercial break. All right, all right. As promised, I'm going to do a movie review. All right. So every time I turn on, I'm not going to say the name of this program because I am trying to get sponsored, so I'm not doing this for free. <laughs> There's a, uh, a streaming service with a big red N, N as in November, okay? Every time every time I turn it on, first of all, I don't like how it comes on and says, boom. Like, I'll have the volume at a level that I think is appropriate, and then it just wake up everybody in my house. So now everybody knows I'm watching Netflix, and people might want to come down and interrupt me watching uh, American Vandal. Like, you can't look at what I'm looking at on American Vandal. Go back upstairs and go to bed. But Netflix just dimed me out. Or I'm like, oh, I'm going to do my homework. I got to get this degree. Bop, bop. I'm going to do my homework. And then go, boom. And now my wife know that I'm lollygagging instead of doing homework when she wanted, want me to come upstairs and cuddle and rub our feet together. And now, I, now I'm caught. Now I got to come upstairs and rub my feet together instead of watching American Vandal. Okay? So I'm saying that to say... <laughs> This daggone uh, streaming service, every time I turn it on, all I hear is, mm, what's up with that? Mm, what's up with that? And I got to see Charlize Theron walking around. And, and now I can't say Charlize Theron anymore because my wife always <laughs> makes fun of what I called her in the last episode, which y'all got to go listen to the last episode because that was the first one in a while. And I was tripping. But... <laughs> I can't say her with say uh, Charlize Theron without her laughing, but I don't really, I don't. How do I say it? I don't agree with like Charlize Theron, like as a person. And it's funny because like some of the things, one of the things that she's doing, people tell me to mind my business when I say I don't approve of it. But when they say they do approve of it, nobody says mind your business. It's always crazy to me when celebrities put their business out and, you know, she's not putting this out. You know what I'm saying? But when just in general, when celebrities put their their business out, it's here for you to comment. Okay? Even though you don't want to be too negative, it's here for you to comment. But when people put their business out, people are like, oh, this is so great. Oh, this is so wonderful. Oh, I love the kids. I love everything she says. And then every, whenever somebody else says, like, I don't approve of that, or that's whack, 
mind your business. They don't care about what you say. They don't care about what you say either. You 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 don't you don't you don't matter to them. <laughs> Sorry. So mind your business. That's what I'm gonna do. Every time somebody, especially people who I've seen uh, uh, be, you know, contrary to someone saying like, oh, I don't agree with this. When they they like, oh well, I don't know why you commenting anyway. You, this a star, blah blah blah. Okay, every time I see them talking about, oh, I love this dress or I love what this person said, I'm like, mind your business. It's none of your business. Because you shouldn't even know about it. But anyway, the old guard, I watched it. That's what the movie was. What's up with that? That movie sucked. There's only one part in the entire movie that I liked. The movie sucked. And my man, Jay Carlos, by the way, go get Jay Carlos music. J-A-Y space C-A-R-L-O-S. Go uh, get Jay Jay Carlos music. He got music coming out. Um, I can't sing none of it because uh, it's it's a rom. But, like, uh, Jay Carlos is dope. Like, just, if you can, see, this is the thing about Islam. You got to guard your ears and, and, and guard your brain. But, like, if you can, just listen to, like, the voice. My man can sing, like, in the harmonies. You know what I'm saying? In the melodies. The melodies. Listen to the melodies, okay? But <laughs> but if he make you feel like thotting, then, you know, just chill a little bit. You got get, get centered before you listen to him if he make you feel like thotting. But otherwise, check out my man, Jay Carlos. But he told me uh, that I was a jerk for putting, like, I tagged, like, different points in the movie and pretty much reviewed the movie. And I was spoiling the entire movie on Facebook. And then at the end, I wrote, spoiler alert. <laughs> that makes it better. We, oh, Mike Artist just uh, said something to me. Mike Artist, get Mike Artist uh, music too. If y'all Go back and listen to old episodes of uh, Dano Entertainment Presents The Poor Paddle Podcast um, because we feature a lot of these artists like Mike Artist, uh, Lil Day, uh, Jay Carlos, all Lil Day. Like my boy Lil Day, like Lil Day produces everybody. Like he, I told them, and this was when we were trying to uh, get the podcast back up, but it's really tough because uh, me and uh, Niche are often geographically separated. But uh, I'm like, yo, y'all send me some music so we can put it in the podcast and put it in the queue. They sent me like 40 songs with like 15 different artists, all different types, like rappers, singers, whatever, like all different types of dope. Like, so, uh, yeah, Lil Day, uh, we feature him. I mean, Mafioso, uh, 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 Dre from True Cousins. Um, who else? Who else? We, we done got everybody. Did I say Jay Carlos? Uh, we got Sass, uh, Sassy Lips, the poet. Um, just everybody, Ned, Ned Harris, everybody. Like, so just go back and listen to those older episodes and listen to these people's music because they're all dope. Like, I know I'm missing some some people, but we did a lot of episodes and we feature a lot of artists and they're all dope. Oh, Lady V, Alan Poe, I'll never forget about them. Um, my man QS, the best, um, quintessential, uh, uh, JD Genius, like just. Man, just we're, we're so blessed to be able to meet so many musical artists and poets and spoken word artists, however you want to say it, that um, like it's so dope that I can listen to them for free. Like, I, I'm sorry. I can listen to them for free, like like because I hold shows. So they come and perform in the show. So I get to listen to them. Um, and of course, if I want their music, I'm going to buy their music. But I'm talking about like in person. I get to see them in person for free. But yeah, anyway. Jay Carlos told me I was being a jerk about the old guard, so I'm not going to spoil it for you guys if you haven't seen it, but don't see it. 
that's all I'll say about that. So the old guard sucked. Uh, stop minding celebrities' business um, and telling me to stop uh, minding celebrities' business. Um, I'm going through my topics again because I don't want to make this uh, episode too long because um, I got to leave here soon. Uh, I might make a second episode. But yeah, man, look, I, I just thought about minding other people's business and I thought about like the whole Boosie thing, which I'm not going to get into, um, you know, Boosie and Dwayne Wade and all that. But that that's when I really realized people need to shut up when they talk, tell people to mind their business when they're minding other people's business. And you minding my business, minding their business. You find me offensive, I find you offensive for finding me offensive. And people say I don't like Eminem. I've been quoting Eminem in my own line. I've been quoting Eminem since I was in like 8th grade. Don't tell me no damn Eminem. I don't like Eminem. Talk about I don't like Eminem and, and Lil Wayne and, and, and Kanye. I've been quoting all of them. I even quote Twister. You don't even know any Twister songs like you can't even understand him. He's speaking too fast because you're listening too slow. That was see, that was 50 Cent. Y'all say I don't like 50 Cent. Uh, I'm 50 Cent. Uh, talk too fast, live too slow. Uh, have baby by me. See, I'm dope. Y'all need to get y'all lives together. But yeah, I, I thought about Boosie. This is all I'll say about Boosie. Never trust a dude who says boozy instead of boosie. Don't trust him. That person cannot be trusted. Like, I'm from Philly. Everybody know I'm from Philly. And, uh, yeah, the Bucks suck. Everybody know I'm from Philly. The Bucks. The, like, as in the Milwaukee Bucks. Sorry. I just saw it flash across my phone. Everybody know I'm from Philly, right? But some people don't know I spent a large chunk of my life in the South. In fact, I spent a good chunk of my life in Louisiana, too. But that doesn't mean that I can pronounce things correctly. I say everything wrong, and I've been corrected. The entire time I lived in Louisiana, I was corrected on everything, how I said things. And that's that's fine. That makes sense. One dude going to tell me, knowing I'm from Philly, that is boozy. Mind you, I've been by that point, I've been listening to Boosie for years. Yes, my you wonder why your child so bad. Look where we at. Like you don't even know. You don't even know that song. You don't even know how Boosie was pouring out his heart. And his, you don't even. You don't even know Boosie for real. Don't tell me about Boosie. You know what I mean? So anyway, sorry. Shout out to uh to Ingleside by the way. Like I love all the Shreveport, but I'm just there's a reason why I'm shouting out Ingleside is because I really got got into Boosie when I was hanging out with dudes from Ingleside. You know what I'm saying? So Boosie. Uh, not as much Webby. They wasn't banging with him like that. But BG, uh, there's a rapper down there named Loco, uh, Locomotive. Um, I lost touch with him a long time ago. And another rapper named Box. Like, they from Ingleside. And, uh, you know, they wanted me to sing on their tracks or whatever. And I couldn't go to the studio sometimes because I don't smoke weed. And I've never smoked weed. But sometimes, and I'm not saying those guys. Some other dudes would smell like weed all the time. And it messed with my allergies. So I didn't want to go. <laughs> so people are like, you dry snitching. First of all, I didn't say nobody was smoking it. They just smell like pine cones. That's the first thing. Second, I'm just saying I couldn't be around. But yeah, and they were, uh, one dude local, he only listened to BG. Like he didn't play nothing in his car if BG or he weren't on the track. So that's why I mentioned Ingleside. So shout out to Ingleside. Shout out to Cedar Grove. Uh, shout out to Queensboro. All of Shreveport, Bossier. Like when I when I went back to Shreveport my second time, 
they received me as if I was from the city. Some people still treated me horrible, but that happens everywhere because of the way I am. But like Shreveport treated me like I was from Shreveport. So if you from Shreveport, you from Bossier, even if you from Monroe, uh, uh, where Mafi from? I think uh, uh, my people down from, uh, I always say it wrong, but Natchitoches, like uh, Baton Rouge, uh, that's, I said Monroe, like all of that, they treated me like I was from there. So shouts out to y'all. I'm all, I'm always, always, always going to show love, uh, for them because they treat me like I was from there. The same thing for Hampton Roads. It was just a little bit different. I moved different when I was in Louisiana and you know, Hampton Roads, it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot of people. And then it's seven separate cities, but they're not separate. It's weird, but Hampton Roads treated me well too. Like being where Romanta and all of them, uh, uh, and then making, oh man, see, sorry, this ain't supposed to be a shout out session, but I'm just feeling it. You know what I'm saying? Like we need to give credit to people. Macon treated me like I was from Macon too for a shorter amount of time though, a very shorter amount of time. Uh, they treated me like I was from there. Like, uh, us two, us two, uh, there, we featured them too. Us two is a, is a woman and a man and they're a couple and they rap, they both rap and they both sing and, uh, I haven't heard Notoria's uh, poetry, but I know Derek does poetry. Like, and they're a dope couple. And they're out there doing philanthropy. They're out there uh, feeding people and everything. But they accepted me like I was from there. And I, I met them. I didn't even meet them that long ago. I think it's been like a little over a year. No, no, it was more than that. It was more, it was, it was more than that. It was close to two years because it was before. I met them before my wife got pregnant because I stopped going to Atlanta as much. Uh, when my uh, when my wife got pregnant the last time. So anyway, shout out to Macon, uh, shout out to Atlanta, uh, um, uh, Lady V, Allen Poe. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have got on no stage in Atlanta. Shout out to Shreveport, uh, Shreveport, Bozier, everybody out there. Uh, shout out to uh, uh, Lumpy Grits. Uh, see, this is not supposed to be shout out time, but this is my show. I don't care. Shout out to Lumpy Grits. Uh, uh, shout out to Natural Charms of Arts. They put me on stage and had me acting like an actor. And you can tell by this show, I am not an actor. But anyway, oh, and shout out to Hampton Roads. Uh, um, especially like karaoke with a flair. Because I was depressed going in there singing karaoke songs. <laughs> depressed in a mug. So yeah, um, I don't know what made me get on that. Oh, Boosie. This dude going to look me in my eyes and tell, tell me about it's boozy. And I was like, no, it's Boosie. Like, I listen to him all the time. I can't anymore, but I listen to him all the time. And he's like, no, it's Boosie. I'm from the South. Yo, my man was from Georgia. You're not telling me that you know how to say something and you're more accurate than me because you're from Georgia and I'm from Philly. Especially after I'd already been in Louisiana and lived in Louisiana for a while. You're not going to tell me. Shout out to Woodlawn High, too. My mans used to uh, teach the band over there. Like, shout out to all of them. And I already said Cedar Grove. They, I, I got to be careful about Cedar Grove. And, and shout out to the Cooper Road, too. See, I got to be careful not shouting out certain people because uh, a lot of these people from these areas are still my peoples. So I got to be careful because they will hit me up. Like, my man Dave was like, yo, why ain't make your list? But I didn't, I made, I made like a rapper's list, but Day is such a dope producer. And he's been like working with these artists in my brain. When you say Day, I think producer, not thinking about the fact that me and him did a damn song together. I just, or a darn song. See, I'm not perfect. Stop for a lot. But yeah, me and him did a song together 
And I, but when you say day, I think about day providing for other artists. And for me, I I don't want to say it like this, but I have to. To me, that's a little bit bigger than being a rapper because a rapper is singular. You're by yourself. You're making songs and you you coordinate with other people. But day provides for more people. So that's bigger. In fact, that song we did, they hit me up and said, yo, I got these people. We want to do a song. Yo, boom. And this is the this is the beat. This is the theme. This is how this the lineup. This is what it is. And I'm like, all I had to do was lay a verse. This is back when I still thought I was a rapper. All I had to do was do delay a verse. So my bad day. I, <laughs> my bad. I didn't mean to leave you out of the rappers, even though you're a dope rapper. But when when I think day, I think about him providing for uh artists. Um, where are we at? Uh all the schools is opening. All the schools is opening. Y'all happy about the schools opening in America? It cracked it cracked me up because I seen all these pictures, especially the ones in Paulding County in Georgia. Like the high school students and the middle school students, like they elbow to elbow, shoulder to shoulder. It looks like they there is no COVID. The only reason I know that that's a COVID picture and not a picture from like two years ago is because half, not half. Maybe 15% of the people I saw in this one crowded hallway were wearing masks. I'm telling you, like, the problem is with COVID, all of us are like, yo, you just need to stay home. But the problem is everybody wants to return to a sense of normalcy. They want to return to what made them love America in the first place, which is like free movement, uh, you know, the options to communicate with a lot of people and be around a lot of people, uh, the clubs, the bars, the, the sporting events, people want to get back to that. And it's hard. It's hard for people to just stay still and not move around and not do things and not be close to each other and not, you know, kiss strangers in the mouth when you're not telling them how long it's going to be till they can kiss strangers in the mouth again. You know what I mean? Like, there's no deadline. Like if you say, hey, definitely by December, you'll be able to kiss people in the mouth. And if people believe that, they will chill out a little bit more and wait to kiss people in the mouth. But if you're just like, yo, we don't know when you're going to be able to kiss strangers in the mouth again. People going to keep kissing strangers in the mouth. And the reason I keep saying kiss strangers in the mouth because it sounds extreme. That's what you're doing when you're in people's face without no mask on. Because according to the scientists, you're going to get COVID talking into each other's mouths. They, According to the scientists, you laughing too loud and, and yelling too loud is going to cause the spread of COVID faster. So you got to wear a mask for now because you're not sure. And then people like, oh, I don't believe in all this stuff. But then when the lady come out and say something about hydrochloroquine, and you know what I'm saying? And adrenochrome, <laughs> and adrenochrome curing cancer, y'all got a problem. Who do y'all believe? Y'all don't want to believe Fauci. Y'all don't want to believe the hydrochloroquine. Y'all don't want to believe demon semen, which is really weird because if you're an Abrahamic theist, you dismissing, you're just going to say like nothing up with demons is real. You, you kind of sound crazy because a lot of things in your religion talk about demons. A lot of things in your religion talks about witchcraft. So for you to just be like, nah, that's not real. You sound crazy, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a go into, no, 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 no. I'm gonna get this out. It's really rough to me too, because I can't hear y'all through these masks. Every time I go to a restaurant, people talking through the mask and they still talk mush mouth, open your mouth up. So I'm actually selling mesh masks. Yep. 
I'm selling mesh masks with Dana Entertainment on them. It's mesh, so it's highly breathable. So all you guys are saying you don't wear a mask because you can't breathe. Um, I'm making highly breathable mesh masks. So um, look for those uh, this summer, this uh, spring, summer, um, spring, summer, uh, fall, winter. Uh, look for those coming out, the mesh mats. But you know what? I got to get ready to go to work. Um, I'm not going to say too much more on here. I appreciate y'all tuning in. I'm going to go into more about COVID on the next episode. Um, I'm going to talk. Oh, I already talked about this. Look, see, I'm stupid. I talked about this. I'm going to talk about the NRA and their fraud. I'm going to talk about Beirut, which I don't really want to, but I'm going to. Um, I'm going to talk about uh, the travel advisories. I'm going to talk about selling beans. I'm going to talk about the NBA. There's a lot of stuff I'm going to talk about um, when I come back. But yeah, man, love y'all. Tune in because I'm probably going to make this next episode like ASAP. I'm going to make it like a series. Uh, But yeah, wait for the next episode. Love y'all. Have a good sandwich. Peace.